0: hello everyone and welcome to the clueless undergrad podcast my guest today is marcel hedman He studied natural sciences at an undergraduate level at Cambridge University in the UK before being selected for a fully funded fellowship to Harvard University where he studied data science. He then became a business analyst at McKinsey and Company and he has recently moved to the startup world um, in a new latest venture that I'm excited to speak more with him about. Aside from his incredible list uh, of institutions and stellar CV, Marcel is also passionate about giving back and pursues leadership in other areas such as Future Leaders Network, um, which supports um, leaders within the young leaders within the UK and the Share Student Consulting Network. Um, Marcel, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: So, Marcel, um, one of the, my first question is, um, how proud are your parents? Because I think <laughs> if my parents met you, they'd probably try and adopt you in about three seconds flat. I love
1: that. How are they? yeah i mean they're they're definitely good um i think uh, i can definitely say almost to give thanks and in fact um i remember hearing i can't remember who it was speaking but they said whenever you have a platform always like start by giving thanks to those who kind of have provided you uh the like steps to get there so um obviously thank you to you but also of course a huge thank you to my parents because i think it's almost it's a testament. anything i am is a testament to how well they've they've done so yeah but definitely proud <laughs> what
0: extent did they um, sort of guide you before university and maybe what you decided to study at university? Because obviously you studied natural sciences.
1: Yeah, so I think beforehand it was definitely more from a a, a Muslim mindset standpoint. And it's just like, and this is something which I think is really powerful like, from a parent standpoint, but also teachers where you can really unlock the ability or the thinking that anything is possible. And it's something which, for my mum as well in particular, is something where if I came with a problem or came with some idea that I wanted to pursue, it was always kind of entertained in such a way that it was very clear that if you really put your mind to it, you can go and do it. And I think that's something which is, uh, yeah, it's just a really powerful thing to be able to enter university with because it's like, okay, that's the difference between perhaps choosing a subject which I wanted to do uh, and like truly thought I would enjoy versus perhaps choosing a more traditional subject well i mean physics is relatively traditional but um i guess health doesn't have the like direct vocational application after but because i knew that actually after doing this it's something where anything is possible and you kind of have the backing of of your parents there then it's something that's that's been really important for me so i think that's something which was uh, very big um probably probably like direct like doing the maths that was something that probably stopped (laughs) at post uh ib so i did the international baccalaureate instead of um same yeah nice the ivy boys um but yeah. um but yeah so i think it was probably from then from like the direct like helping but from a kind of mindset standpoint and the like kind of backing and just like a real source of confidence that's always been been important for me so um and it's even to this day it's probably something i take a lot of confidence from as as well
0: yeah so I understand that about the mindset. What did you just say about the maths? Did you say, like, so, yeah, from a different so, standpoint? So, what we'll, we'll, I, I kind of missed that point,
1: yeah. So, that was uh, more specifically in terms of like actually helping on a okay, this is solving the problem that, that may come. Oh, okay, that's probably okay. something that stopped from like IV level, but um, but yeah, they still continue to support from wherever they can in, in terms of mindset and support, um, elsewhere,
0: yeah, okay. And you also mentioned sort of natural sciences, um versus physics and you chose Mm. natural sciences because you really went with what you were interested in is that correct
1: and and I think this is something which even when I look at like doing IB as well and then doing natural sciences I was very fortunate because I think you being able to explore multiple subjects in depth and when you're doing natural sciences you basically are doing like three different degrees especially in first year is one of the most like painful experiences but then it means that you have like all these different levers that you can pull from and I remember joining when I started IB I was in the situation where I was like oh well, I don't want to do English and then actually English became one of my most enjoyable subjects and then it was something where it's like I don't know any poem that you I now see is like something I will actually try and read into and be like, oh, what's the meaning? And you, especially for myself, I'm a bit of a hip hop fan, so like using some of the same techniques to break down a like Kendrick Lamar verse. or Oh, same! Know. I
0: know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. You know, like I'm a, I'm a huge Kanye fan, and exactly. sometimes I'm going through the verses, and it's the same thing you do with a poem in English. And you just, I wish they would teach it like that actually in school. You know, I wish they would just get. Uh, say a Kendrick verse or something and then just go through it that would be you know incredible
1: teaching it would I actually think um for Kendrick Lamar specifically because he won some poetry awards and I think that now he may actually be in some schools maybe not in the UK oh. that progressive but um uh, but yeah I think he might be in a school somewhere or somewhere so um I wouldn't be shocked that actually when you read some of like his albums and you really break it down and you see the themes running throughout it's something that's very very powerful but then I would say that like kind of that way of thinking also helped me with exploration of physics as well because what you'll see is like when you get into a, a degree subject as I'm sure you're aware there's kind of the like what's facts but then all of the social implications that brought that fact to become the like held truth and uh, so I think it's really interesting to see those overlaps and yeah IB definitely helped to equip for them.
0: Yeah I think a lot of that is critical thinking as well um that, that's what you're getting at isn't it when you're when you're analyzing something and seeing the sort of established literature I say that from the economic standpoint where mm. I do you know uh, economics at Warwick and a lot of the modules are you know very maths heavy and for some of the modules I feel that because the questions and the exam styles are just sort of Solve it, or you know, prove that there is a sort of a lack of critical thinking in undergraduate economics, maybe generally compared to other social sciences, or you know, like even something like PPE, where you have to sort of write essays and sort of you know form arguments. Sometimes in economics, my uh, view. Probably uh, similar to, you know, other economists such as Yanis Varoufakis, I don't know whether you know, and, you know, other economists sort of talk about this sort of dearth of critical thinking in economics. But yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely, you know, one of the one of the most important
1: things. And I completely agree. And I think there's like, well, I'll say two things on that. So one is uh, the ability to critical think only increases as you expand your mind to new areas and new ways of thinking as well. So I think that's something which often I don't think is contained in a lot of undergraduate like subjects as you said because perhaps it's like you kind of silo in too much but also for myself as we'll kind of get into um and when I spent the year at Harvard and it was doing data science but doing from a standpoint of not chasing a grade but actually chasing whichever knowledge that I kind of puffed up myself it meant it was so much easier to generally think critically about what I was doing and therefore have a deeper understanding as opposed to perhaps just optimizing for a grade and then the grade even came but because you actually understood it more as, as well So, uh, yeah, completely agree with that critical thinking point.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we could probably sit here for a while and critique educational systems (laughs) with the way that, you know, things maybe are, you know, just geared to exams. Not that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think one thing I learned at university was uh, you're not actually going to do well unless you really deeply understand the material. Um, And then to do that and be willing to do that, you sort of need to enjoy it as well. And that's kind of something that I've taken from my university experience. And I want to apply that to the graduate career that I chose choose. And I wish I'd sort of done that for the under, undergraduate degree that I had chosen. Um, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm guessing you agree with that as well. Like you, you have to enjoy it as
1: well. Yeah, I think enjoyment, is, is, I guess it really does depend on your end goal. But I do think once you actually dive deeply into the subject and generally move from this like, I'm just trying to get this grade or I'm kind of trapped by trying to get good grades as a mindset and then generally go into like, what is it we're learning? I think that's where you can really begin to truly enjoy the subject. So I think I spent like the first two years hating what I was doing because I was just like, didn't have a clue what was going on. You kind of go into the exam, or you go into like a supervision and you just try and output and output and output. Whereas it was only in final year when it was like, okay, now I'm like stopped doing <laughs> some of the other societies, etc. And actually had time to spend on my subject. And then by diving into it, you're like, oh, wow, like this is what they were talking about. Or, oh, that's why I it's a genius. like I can generally see his genius, which was like, for me, one of the cool thing, coolest things I could do. Where I was like, whoa, like, I don't know how this guy looked at these equations. And they said, like, okay, yeah, time is, isn't real or, <laughs> or whatever it may be. So um, I think, yeah, once you like, dive into it, that's where enjoyment will come. And I think that's something which is definitely continued even post-uni uh, as well, where it's, like, the more I dive into a subject, the more the kind of the deeper it gets. That's where enjoyment comes from as, as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, I think, it, it, as you said, we can spend ages, like, talking about how to improve the education system, but... Uh, it's 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 probably going to be disrupted uh, soon as well and I think things are changing as like online education becomes more important as well so um things are changing but it's up to us to be kind of proactive in, in our pursuit of knowledge and in whatever form that that may be
0: yeah I think also relevant is um deciding where to pursue as well I think you know you said once you make that switch actually going for understanding But sometimes it's a difficult question. And I'm thinking Mm. in terms of a career's perspective here, like say going for internships to decide where to pursue. And I think for that, you need a degree of self-awareness and also a large degree of just exploring and trying new things, which is, you know, part of the university experience through societies and different things. But I know for you, um, you tried sort of, I don't know, what is it the golden three of law (laughs) consulting, management consulting, And investment banking banking. and you you tried them all through internships and or the vacation scheme for law and and that was how you uh you know i think you know had experience of all of those areas i kind of want to go through each of them and Mm -hmm. understand um you know i don't know where you where you want to approach this but it's so interesting to me that you have this experience of all of them because i know that there are a lot of students who are wondering but between choosing between all of them and you know, I want to explore what you think about the culture of these organizations. And obviously you went on to work in McKinsey, so I'd be interested in your decision making there. Um, but, you know, just to pick, you can pl- pick a base to start or I can maybe say which was the first one that you did.
1: Yeah. So perhaps you can fight it with the first one. But I'll just start by saying, uh, because obviously I think we'll like dive down the like, corporate route. Uh, but even in the realm of exploration, one thing I look back on and I realize I didn't do which was, that like, you don't have to, of course, there's only, like, a limited number of hours in a day, but really, like, see, like, there are so many options beyond what kind of gets funneled to us. And I think corporates are very effective at going onto campus and making their names known. But if you think about, like, big tech, new tech, emerging tech, um, if you think about, kind of, the startup world more generally, PhDs, like, there are so many avenues to explore. And what I would definitely encourage is, like, Especially for, I think a lot, if we think about corporate as well, there's like kind of the monetary incentive that is initially there. But one thing to remember is, especially in some of these new areas that are emerging, is that the money is also there and you no longer have to make that sacrifice. Um, so I think that's something to, to really consider, um, especially when I look at like, if we say like crypto or Web 3.0, which apparently is growing at the same rate that the internet was in 2000. So I look back to 2000 and be like, okay, would you have joined Google? maybe not because they were less established. Maybe you would have joined Google in 2010, which is still good. Maybe you joined Google now. Um, so it's wondering like, okay, what are the next Googles and, and that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I've let's, done, let's dive in <laughs> I've
0: done I've done my research as well, you know, into Web3 and, you know, hope we will get on to talk about that. And, you know, I'm very mm. interested to hear, you know, what you have to say and also, you know, interested in, in your, in uh, the startup you're currently working at as well. But I do think, you know, the corporate route is something, you know, that a lot of students, you know, the, the, especially, you know, students who are very ambitious and then, you know, really sort of um, at, at the way the, the way you described as well, the way that it's sort of funneled and the way corporates come on campus and show you this opportunity. And then a large cohort of students, especially in, you know, economics degrees, will be going for these internships. You know, even if we evaluate it, you know, hopefully, you know, we evaluate it properly and fully, but, you know, critically as well. I th- mm.
1: I'm really interested in, you know, your experience to those. Yeah, definitely. And I think the big thing that corporate gives you like just a degree of rigor in your ability to output work um which is something which may not it may sound simple but it's it's something which you'll see where like you're working and generally how do i make sure that with the like same i don't know you've got like a fixed number of hours in the day that as a result of those hours that I'm working something tangible comes out from it and the thing that is coming out is also of a certain degree of quality and I think that's something which is very hard to replicate I think I've, I haven't seen many other environments that like do it as well as as a, the whole free banking or and consulting um, but to kind of talk through my journey into consulting finally um, so I began Probably before uni, thinking, okay, I'll probably want to be an investment banker because I did this like careers thing at uh, um, secondary school. And they were like, oh, like, give your profile, you're a banker. Um, back then, I had like no idea what the difference between like any of the divisions were. So I thought a trader yeah. was the same as like MA, which was the same as like a broker. So I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to work in a bank, um, joined uni, and then spring weeks, uh, so if anyone here is in first year who's listening, uh, you'll probably hear about, or if not, definitely look into spring weeks. And they kind of begin from the moment you land. Uh, so it's surprisingly early in the term, in terms of like having to apply for them. So I kind of got involved in one of the finance societies. And then from the back of that was like applying to these things and kind of going through that whole process. And then eventually secured, uh, I think it was like an internship with, Oh, it was Green Hill at the time which is a boutique investment bank um and yeah like did that kind of really enjoyed it in the sense of uh, it was like as i said the degree of rigor uh the like intensity of the work but then on the flip side i was like i don't know if it's somewhere where i probably stayed for the long term just because of like my own personality i felt i lent more towards like kind of exploring business models whereas this was more from the financial side and uh, so kind of- can we yeah so I just jump in, ever. but
0: before you before you move on after this, like, you know I'd, I'd want to stay on that. And I actually had a surprise face when you said that you really enjoyed it, but then you said because of the uh, the rigor of work. And you know mm. I, I can really understand that as well. You know one of these uh, view, ways of viewing, you know, graduate role in you know in in a large corporate where sort of you hear about stressful hours is that it could you know it can be kind of like a a training camp as long as it's you know within reason and then things after that you know your your productivity may be higher um but you know just about the the actual experience and the sort of working environment maybe Mm. what perceptions did you have of investment banking before the internship and that you hear with students that are applying and you know fresh into university compared to what your actual experience was like
1: Mm, i think that's a that's a really good question and when I say I enjoyed it, I think there's an element of me saying that because I can see what it's given me beyond, <laughs> if that makes sense. So it's almost like I can look back and be like thankful for the skill sets and thankful for the like branding unlocks and, and all of those things as, as well. But I think going into it, I kind of had this like loose sense of what it was to be a banker. And I don't think I actually resolve like what does that look like on a day-to-day basis, which is therefore like, you kind of get told okay you just need to be really smart you'll be solving problems you kind of are speaking to the people but like I was like what does that actually mean on a day-to-day and I think what I kind of found when I was there on a day-to-day was it was very much like an kind of intense research uh very much like meeting deadlines that are like very periodic and with those deadlines everything has to be done to the highest standard and it kind of pushed my ability to put quality up like instantly um I think on the flip side of that though there was definitely like parts of culture and this is across the whole banking industry which i was like a bit less uh, keen on in the sense of like you kind of have to do your time but there's no real like it's more of like you kind of spend a certain number of years and then at that stage you're maybe 25 years in the game and then you get the the keys to the kingdom um and it's also like just like doing crazy hours so yeah you can be working past midnight uh to be expected and i know some friends at other banks now who are doing some phenomenal hours (laughs) it's like you'd be saying like 6 a.m or something like that so um there's definitely like real drawbacks and I've always said I recommend people do an internship there after the internship figure out if it's something you want and then go but I do think it is still valuable to do the internship because it's a short period of time Mm. um but yeah I think it was something which i would definitely do again at that stage but it's something which and this is what kind of pivots me into consulting and and sorry i kind of glossed over law in, in this so i did like before
0: we'll go over it yeah yeah
1: yeah but um and yeah so it kind of pushed me into consulting but i realized actually i love this working with businesses of this scale i love to kind of the like understanding of the business and what you'll do in in investment banking as you're like kind of preparing a thesis about a, a particular company you'll kind of build a financial model, but then they also have to do some form of strategic positioning and, and that side as well. And that was what I was really drawn to where I was like, okay, how does this company exist in relation to its competitors? And, and how is it like kind of positioning itself for success into the future? And all of those things lend itself more to consulting because consulting's kind of, that's what you do, especially on that side of a due diligence, for example, or you'll be kind of solving their problems. So, like, Oh, we want to enter a new market and it's up to you to kind of provide that strategy as well. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a great experience it was intense and it's something which i'd say if you do go into it like don't go into it with an illusion like it's not there's it no honor in working until three in the morning if that makes sense um so just be aware of that but at the same time on the flip side of it you get a whole great kind of skill and also people know that you can work which is very important for getting kind of futures as, as well
0: mm-hmm yeah i think you know that's that's incredibly comprehensive so you know thanks very much i want to ask you know is it a good question to ask maybe not for the internship because you know the internship Mm is an opportunity for a new experience and you know and you know as you mentioned that it may be unlocked doors in the future but if you were considering the graduate role say in your investment banking or other areas of finance how relevant a question yeah, this might be a silly question but how relevant is the question you know do you actually enjoy the financial modeling or do you enjoy the work or is it something that the vast majority of people are not going in for is it is it not really relevant because you might do time and then switch to something else so like, i'm trying to ask you know the importance of enjoyment but i don't know whether that's an important relevant question at all
1: that's a really good question and, and i think i'm i'm being careful not to like destroy our <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but by that i mean I think <laughs> people go to banking and typically stay there for three years and they go because they think they can go somewhere better or sorry somewhere different afterwards um that's the typical process and those two to three years will be an intense period of time and i don't know if anyone can really enjoy anything at that time in the morning if that makes sense so i think there's definitely enjoyment in terms of like you have to have a fundamental passion for companies and a fundamental passion for like modeling and etc but i think all enjoyment is pushed to its limit over kind of when you're pushed to exhaustion etc and i would also just say like it really does depend on why you're going into banking so i think there's like several reasons there are people who go into it for capital or, or money uh, which i would say don't choose banking there are other ways to make money and that's how i can like we can describe that as well <laughs> there are people who go into it because it provides like, great training and that training also can help you into the long term and they stay into it for the long term get to work with like great clients on the larger stage and i think that's a great reason to go in because you generally get that's something that's uniquely provided by by the banking industry Uh, there are people who go into it because they know that they'll be working alongside people who are super smart and i think that's something that is very true everyone there is intelligent and it's very that you say that you're the average of the people you spend your time with and it's hard to find true environments where everyone around you is like generally like pushing you to be the best that you can be and i think that's something which you can get in in banking as well so i think there are very legitimate reasons to go into banking but i think there are also very illegitimate reasons to go into banking and some of the reasons which i'd see like a lot of Younger students going into banking, for are no longer no longer uniquely held by banking, and I think that's something which is just important to to remember.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know it's definitely interesting how, um, you know the value proposition of banking now compared to 20, 20 years ago, you know, is probably very different. Um, I think you know that that's one of the questions because with regards to say learning, you know, when you're developing skills on the job, you know, one of the things is. I sort of realized that there's some activities and environments that sort of get the best out of you. And that's usually linked to the enjoyment of the work you're doing and, um, you know, the people around you. And there's some environments that, um, you know, that won't. And that affects learning, because if you're learning at a rate of, you know, say, 60 percent of what you could be, then you know that, that you need to understand that that choice, and it's kind of different for every every person. You know, not every mm. people can be very intelligent, but maybe not go into you know banking or finance as well. Um, mm. If we if we move um, slightly back to law, it'd be interesting yeah. maybe to talk about the differences and maybe whether that point is more relevant for for law.
1: Yeah, so I think um, this is something which both law and banking has, where at the end of it, you'll have like some form of and law, especially you'll have a certification which genuinely is a skill set which will be valuable to people if you even span off on your own i.e to say if you are a lawyer you go through your training period at the end of it you can help your friends start up you can help kind of any form of company and that's something that you can really add to the table uh, so that was one of the reasons why I really pursued law because also I saw a lot of people who I kind of looked forward to and a lot of them seem to have like this kind of accreditation so whether it was an MBA or like a law degree etc Um so that was the kind of motivation for going into law when I got to law again it offers so many of the same benefits that banking does in terms of like the people the like learning environment the intensity which has the pro and con as we described uh, but what I didn't like about law was um it was very much in the like it was very much in the words in such a sense that I didn't feel like I could see the bigger picture at the time. And I think it's something which you'll become a partner and as a partner in a law firm, you basically are the same as a partner in the bank. You're kind of bringing in business, being a strategic advisor and you have this like unique knowledge of the law. Um, and I just felt like I didn't have to wait for however long the period was to, to do it. So that's why um, I kind of spent some time in law, enjoyed the, especially the firm hours at Clifford Chancellor. Like I think if you're gonna be a lawyer, definitely try to, to go there. I love that firm. Um, But I realized that for me personally, it wasn't where I generally enjoyed And I think that comes back to the point of when we were saying with banking, I think you need this like fundamental enjoyment of what you're doing to be able to get through the level of intensity. Because when you're in that environment, like these people will push you to output at a level that is extremely hard and extremely high. And if you then don't even just like have at least a baseline, okay, I enjoy the concepts that I'm dealing with. that will become tough. <laughs> that will become very tough. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a, a great experience and uh, the people I met there was was good as well. But on the flip side, I realised, okay, it, banking, it was like, okay, I kind of enjoy it, but I didn't really think it was somewhere where I could grow for the trajectory I was trying to go through. And then oh, it was very similar. And that's kind of how I landed into consulting as the, the final of the three corporate uh, options.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, before we get into the consulting, what, what you just said about asking yourself at a baseline level, you know, do I do I enjoy these concepts? That's that's the question, you know, that that needs to be asked as well. And I think yeah. for a lot of people, you know, you know, like if maybe you don't know many people working in the industry and it seems like everyone in your peer group is going for these positions, you don't even know whether you should trust yourself in response to that yeah. question, which is why developing self self, you know, awareness is is important. So um you know, I'll even that, jump
1: that, in there as yeah. well because I think it's it's so so one thing is if if it's possible, definitely go and pursue the the option because it's so good to have the option so that you can then actually be in a place to think about it. Because the problem is if you don't have it, it's easier to kind of mystify it and be like, Okay, at the end of this goal, it's you can kind of chase after it. So yeah. I think definitely in, in respect to everything even outside of corporate like go and just try it or go and unlock that door if it's possible but then i think once the door is unlocked and i'm a big believer in, and some people hate this so i'm the sort of guy who like if i buy a ticket to a concert that doesn't mean i have to go to the concert that just means i've unlocked the opportunity to go and therefore if something better is or something or i just i'm tired um i won't go because it's like i'm now unlocked the opportunity i paid for the opportunity but doesn't mean I have to do it and I think I see it very similarly with, with uh, a job offer as well where it's like you secure the job offer to get the opportunity but then it's up to you then to step back critically reflect and think is this where I want to be is this who I want to be is this how I want to spend my 20s even I mean it's relevant for when you're young but also as you get older as well um is this how I want to be spending my day-to-day and I just think if if it's not then and this is very much easier said than done so like I hope I'm not trivializing it but try to have the confidence to to step out and and uh find what you you truly do enjoy
0: yeah i mean i, w- I was gonna gonna mention that you know it's a great achievement to be able to unlock these things, you know, and obviously different yeah. people will, you know, have different bandwidths and abilities as well. You know, it's you know unlocking any one of those internships, you manage to try all three, you know, it takes a great deal of hard work and you know determination as well. And so um you know that that's why it is something to, to ask yourself as well. But you know yeah. if you can unlock things then then you know by all means all means go for it. Um so you went with uh you went with McKinsey. Yeah. And um d- did you i'm sure you must have spoken to actually before that i remembered i actually wanted to ask you something um Mm -hmm. you mentioned you know asking yourself that that base question of, of do you enjoy it do you know um you know not asking you to name names but do you know people who maybe have spent a few years in the grad role and gone oh actually it was useful but i want to completely change or have regretted their decision for example like i think my uh, old economics teacher you know used to be an investment banker but then completely switched into education after realizing it wasn't um, for him as a, as a mm. long-term career because he wasn't enjoying it but he still felt that the experience was very very useful for what he wanted to do in the future and actually you know his output as a as the head of department was was actually incredible yeah. um in terms of like revision materials and, and a lot of other things Um, but do do you know stories of people regretting it?
1: Yeah I think so I think it's so hard to be able to find what you want to do after your degree, because often the things that you're exploring are so unrelated, even to your degree. <laughs> and therefore, when you're diving in, you're kind of diving in from a place of true ignorance. I mean, you kind of have maybe even done a six week or a 10 week internship, but it's very different from doing it on the like on the ground. And this is who you are. This is your day to day. So I think is almost to be expected and I think that's almost why a lot of them are framed as grad schemes because they know that actually most of you won't like this and that's fine Um, and that's something which actually drew me to McKinsey in the sense of when we join there's kind of like this conversation and then there's like after you spend I think it's two years there there's opportunity to go out and explore whether it's like do education or kind of do other things as well and there's this kind of understanding of well if you come back that's just value add for the firm but if it's not if you don't come back then that's fine like you'll still be kind of part of the, the kind of community or the family and, and grow from there so um i've definitely like across all of the corporates i've definitely seen people like oh yeah I, this is not for me that you spend time there it's like deeply unhappy and it's just, like that's not where i want to be um i think that's what i kind of expect especially now as well when we think about range of options are just only increasing like there are people who are even just making money I mean you can do YouTube you can do like TikTok like there's so many other things you can do and I think in our natural base state a lot of us are like creative um so yeah I've definitely had those conversations and especially around this point now is kind of the period where people have been doing like one or two years in corporate and then they decide is this where I want to be or is it time for for something next
0: yeah absolutely and so when you, you knew you did the McKinsey internship before your final year
1: uh, so no I didn't do the internship oh you so, did um, yeah no it's, I went straight to grad role kind of uh oh. just landed <laughs> wow but um yeah
0: okay uh and then um you went to sorry I just can get the the timings right you yeah. did a year one year at McKinsey and then went to Harvard
1: no so I actually so I put the offer for McKinsey the further the offer because I was like so I'm like, getting like,
0: this all wrong <laughs> no, no no
1: it's, it's fine it's, it's actually for me I like have to like think of the time I deferred the offer because um i decided that okay i'd rather kind of spend this um, one more year in education this was at the point where i realized that oh look, education is interesting um <laughs> so before if you'd asked me a year ago i've would been like just get me out of education um but i stayed in it and that definitely like completely pivoted my kind of focus so that's where like i picked up data science and and yeah the whole ai branding the game um so maybe but, yeah, we can we can choice.
0: hit that we can hit that before uh before going on to McKinsey, maybe we can understand, you know, so you're doing national sciences at Cambridge. You've got this thing about corporate. Where does, where does this, where does this come from?
1: Yeah, yeah it was the most random thing. So I, I was having a conversation with like, you know, when someone, I don't know which, maybe I was in uh, like a common room or a pub or wherever it was. And this guy walked in, this was at uni. Um, and he just like, he just seemed too happy. I, I don't know how i to describe it. <laughs> so I, I just went up to her, I was just like, look like, what, what's going on and then he said <laughs> that he was on this fellowship that I ended up receiving uh, I'm sure his happiness have, was completely unrelated to this but, <laughs> uh, it was just like one of those weird serendipitous moments and he's like oh yeah like you should apply uh, you'll definitely enjoy it. he gets to like take classes across the different schools and like yeah it was just like doing his thing um, so that's where it came from it was like super random and then I think I must have waited a year to apply because uh, things had closed at, the, at that time um went through that process which was like really intense um there was like one moment where it was like kind of a room full of like 12 people and they just like asked you questions um which was like really fun from the on the flip side of it but when you're in it you're like kind of sweating in your suit and <laughs> that sort of thing yeah um and then yeah i was like really fortunate and like god god uh, kind of came through and managed to receive the uh, congratulations the yeah. so um, yeah and that's kind of when the the AI and data science journey began. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what was, what was it like? Have you lived in anywhere other than the UK before? You know, I, I haven't really asked that much about your background and where you grew up.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, so I actually ended up doing it during COVID, which was the unfortunate thing Or I didn't actually get to go to America.
0: Ah, um, okay.
1: So I spent the time in, like, I think it was Cyprus or... So I went, like, random places. Fantastic! <laughs> but, yeah, but I didn't actually get to go there. But, I mean... So, there were two things from that that were really interesting. So, one is like obviously one of the most, the biggest benefits of the place is to like really meet the people. I still got to meet some dope people and like people I'm in contact with probably for the long, long term. But obviously, it's not really the same if you're not like kind of in the, the scene. But then on the flip side of it, it gave me for the first time a like pure focus on the things I was studying, which it was just, it was very interesting. Like, I just, I think I was, like, really into, so I took some classes at Data science, but then also, like, spent some time at a lab, and then also spent some time at the business school. And it was just, like, you're diving into these things, and I think it was, like, first day of the business school, they brought the CEO of PayPal down, and it was like, okay, like, these guys are, like, they're killing it. Um, so, yeah, I think, obviously, there were, like, big things lost, but I would probably still do it. So there were others who deferred and went in person, but I think I would still do it the same way I did it again, um, because having that pure focus just allowed me to dive into the subject and off the back of that launched neural, which is like the AI like research thing. Um, and I don't think that would have happened if I was like slightly distracted by all the, the networking.
0: Yeah, maybe you can talk more about that. So what it, what is neural and you know when you talk about, you know, got an interest in, in AI, you know, mm-hmm. what, what are the foundations of this and what what specific things led you to to, you know, I can sense, you know, a sense of certainty obviously by the fact that now you work in an AI startup about that, <laughs> you know, point. yeah, this is you know, you've chosen to invest a lot and you must have some some belief and, and vision for it. What 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 specifics are we talking about? Because AI is and you know, data science are huge kind of things that people can kind of throw the terms around. You know, what what was 100%. your experience with that?
1: yeah i think they say if you describe yourself as an ai startup not to insult my own um <laughs> but then you like add a million pounds to your valuation or something so yeah, yeah i think you can check the term around loosely um but what drew me to it so kind of very similar to i guess at every stage was like you dive into something you don't really know what it was all i knew was that i wanted to like begin to start coding in some way because i've done physics and done all of the other subjects. And somehow at the end of it, I just didn't know any code. And I was just like, this is weird. Um, So then I chose data science and then I realized this whole world of kind of data. And I think what kind of hooked me in was the fact when you realize that as things become increasingly digital, I mean, things are very digital now, but there are definitely some slightly more legacy industries that are also begin to digitize slash or like begin to get more formalized data structures then the whole world of data science opens up because the whole aim of data science is to like get these huge data sets and run anything from a very simple algorithm to perhaps maybe something that's more complex and attract some form of unique insight that perhaps you couldn't do if you were just mining it with your yourself so um i think that's what hooked me in where i was like oh well like this can be applied for really cool things and then through and harvard to their testament have like a really kind of output based uh, curriculum so I think by the end of first term, we were looking at, we didn't manage to do this successfully, but we looked at uh, monkeys with SIV, uh, where SIV is kind of like an HIV variant uh, within monkeys. And we were looking at kind of predicting whether a certain gene is an indication of resistance to SIV. And that's something that you're doing from like the end of first term. And I was like, whoa, so this can be applied for cool challenges that are actually social in nature as well. Um, And I took a class under Malin Tambay, who's an amazing professor, and he was looking at kind of AI and global challenges. And out of all of that, I was like, well, okay, we can apply it to that kind of bird conservation, climate change, healthcare, like it's, this is phenomenal. And kind of the spirit of that is what what kind of born the neural research, which is looking at using kind of AI to, to attack global challenges and thinking about how we can kind of use these approaches to basically make a difference. But as well as that, spread awareness and understanding and knowledge of the techniques. So when you're using those techniques, you're using it in what may be considered an ethical way. And we can definitely talk about like kind of the ethics of AI and all of that stuff as well. But um, yeah, it was, that's kind of the, the journey towards starting starting neural.
0: Yeah. does. It sounds like you were, you know, you were taught it in a really um, interactive and, you know, exciting way, sort of output focused. I think a lot of things um, or one of the reasons why people might be put off maybe not from just dabbling in coding, but maybe pursuing a career that might be, you know, involve a lot of coding or data science, is they feel that they're not the type of person that, you know, could just sit in a room and code, and they feel that there's always gonna be someone better than you at, you know, software engineering or coding, if, if you do pursue that route. Um, mm. That's probably true to an extent, but what, what would you say to that?
1: So I think, firstly, to be involved in data science and AI, is so much more than coding. And coding is one element of it, but like, there's a whole kind of regulatory framework that needs to be built to describe actually how, what are the implications of whether an AI system, if it goes wrong or it goes wrong, do we blame the creator? Do we blame the system? Do we blame the, main, the people maintaining it? Like, so there's a whole lot of regulation that needs to go into it. There's a whole lot of philosophy in terms of like, what's the like, philosophical nature of of these systems? And do we get to the stage where, if it resembles human behavior, which we're like, far away from in terms of like broadly but would that then constitute life or would it not and i think there's a whole load of areas that need to be built around it where i'd say if you're interested in data science or ai or tech you don't need to be coding um if you do want to code though there are so many examples even on the course i was on where there were people like ex doctors or like ex i don't know sociologists or whatever it may be who then pivoted into data science and these were people from who were young all the way to like old, older years as well. So it was like at any stage you can pivot. Um, and I think that's something to really keep in mind as, as well where it's like, there's no, you can pivot at any moment. And it almost goes back to what we were describing earlier with this career choice. So it's like, you aren't trapped by the things that you've committed to in the short term. Um, if it's not what you enjoy, then you can pivot into that. And I think that's a really powerful, powerful thing to kind of embrace where it's like, okay, look, if you generally have a passion for it, find a new to me course take a couple of hours if you enjoy it then go further and try and build a project and if you don't then it's like okay then i'm not a i'm not a coder but perhaps i can attack it in a, a different avenue as well so yeah.
0: i think it's very encouraging to be able to you know talk about about pivoting but one of the things that um sort of stands out with those that manage to successfully pivot is that they've built up a skill set and a sort of identity or unique ability through their specialization, maybe early in their career, that, Mm. you know, is not a hindrance, but, you know, is the reason why they can successfully pivot. So, you know, how important is it for undergraduates to um, maybe just make that decision and and stick with something for a few years? I think I was talking to someone who moved about, um, you know, after only maybe a year in, in each sort of industry and didn't really build up any uh you know any any like a a sort of defined skill set which which we regretted what you know how do you how do you strike this balance right and you know how important is it to just choose and Mm. stick with it and you know links back to the enjoyment question in in a sense as well
1: so it's funny you say that because i think one of our first conversations was about this concept of the t right where the t is to say you like dive deep into one area and become an expert and then as soon as you become an expert in that area you can then broaden and go anywhere and it becomes so easy to pivot because you've got all of this skill credibility that you can build upon and i think i agree with the t except i'll probably now in hindsight probably amend it to maybe an i where it's like a capital i and i think it's important to spend time exploring and i don't think there's any cap on how long you spend exploring before you go down and pivot uh sorry before you go down and pivot into the thing that you're going to kind of go down that base and do that for the longer term and so for example if we were to take uh, your friend who kind of spent a year in each industry and then decided that he didn't like any of them I feel like that's better than spending like 35 years in one of those industries just for the sake of committing and then in not enjoying 35 years of his life he's in a much better position to say actually I've wasted five or even 10 years of your life and I mean there's like ranging definitions in terms of Some people, I went to a conference called COGX, it's a great AI conference, and there are people there who believe we're not going to die. I mean, I'm not as extreme as those people, but I think the concept (laughs) is we will live for a long period of time. And that means if you spend 20 years just chilling and doing whatever you want to do, and then at 40 or at 50, you then decide, okay, I'm going to dive down this avenue and build something great, that's fine. Uh, I think, what was it, Jeff Bezos, didn't he start Amazon like post-50 or maybe post-40 If you look at, like, Bill Gates, well, Bill Gates did it very young, but, like, that's great for him. Uh, But, like, McDonald's was founded super by a super kind of elderly founder as well. And I think it's really important to remember, like, there is no time to begin. You can find your thing that you're going to dive into whenever it comes. And you may see some of your friends, like, sprinting off into the distance down some random avenue, but there's no point mindlessly pursuing that avenue if you generally don't enjoy it. And I think it's super important to pursue joy and then the things will come from that as, as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's really powerful. I do want to ask you a, a question about that. You know that that's really encouraging to hear. It's just funny that you mentioned Bezos because before Amazon, I think he was at D E Shaw, so he oh, went wow, through the hedge fund route. But 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 yeah, still, I think you know, talking about that that uh, that tea that we discussed, or you know, as you said, the the mended eye, either mm. that that specialization, the the sort of line of the T or the or the, uh, the trunk of the eye. What does that would that specialization be does it need to be a skill like a technical skill or an experience or an understanding of an industry or does it not matter you know because you could say um, you just maybe don't develop a hard skill but through the work that you're doing maybe through experiences in I don't know politics or you know something else um, you know to other schemes you have uh, maybe uh, context understanding of a specific industry or even an area of government. Yeah. Does, would, you, would you say that that specialization should be a skill or it doesn't matter?
1: I'm uncertain exactly how to frame it, but I think it needs to be something that can be tangibly recognized as providing value. So uh, whether that's a skill or hard or kind of soft skill or whatever that may be, but it needs to be something that by you being there, it's something that compounds and therefore as you're building and building someone else who just kind of comes straight into this couldn't just provide with a bit of common sense and i think that's something which if you spend too minutes, so for example if we like take it from an industry's perspective if you spend two years in multiple different industries as opposed to one year or sorry as opposed to like 10 years in one you will be able to provide a unique depth of insight that someone who's only spent two years couldn't provide. And there's like the common sense thing where you can describe and discuss some of these concepts. But then it's that rare odd occasion where you'd say, oh, actually, but if you do that, that will lead to catastrophic failure. And that's not something you can common sense. It goes against common sense. It's actually something which just I've seen from my experience. And I think that's where you can provide unique insight. So whatever it may be, I would say make sure that it's something that is tangible and actionable. However, for an undergrad, I just don't believe that's something that needs to be of concern I think it's something which especially with social media is being kind of pushed down us in terms of like you need to be chasing the bag and you need to kind of know exactly where you're trying to go but especially when and this is something which I realized when I joined a lot of corporates where a lot of these corporates the people that you'll be working alongside are over 30 and they'll be starting at the same levels that you are so what that means is if you're an undergrad and assuming that you've gone through like the traditional process you've got nine years to kind of do what you believe that you enjoy obviously i think and i will caveat everything i'm saying in terms of like there's the constraints of life that obviously get in the way so if you have to look after your family or there's other areas that you have to look after then definitely kind of deal with what needs to be handled but then also just be aware that your rapid progression and not being managing director by 35 is not a problem and in fact what i've seen is there's examples even let's say within consulting where someone will kind of Spend a a period of time doing what they think they enjoy. Then at thirty, they'll be like, "Actually, I don't enjoy this." Join a consultancy, and then speed right to partner because now they've got perhaps the like age and the kind of yeah. gravitas that comes with that as well. Yeah. So uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's uh, you yeah, know that that's incredibly interesting. Where where I'm sort of linking that back to to what we were saying about, about the choice you make, you described building that intuitive understanding, which can allow you to either progress very quickly or have an understanding of an industry. And I think, you know, it's different for every person, but um, I think you build that if you really enjoy it, because, you know, you can see what activates, you know, your enjoyment and whether you're, You're fully like committed to something um and i think a big part of that for a lot of people might be might be enjoyment as well Mm. going back to our little timeline so (laughs) you've gone to harvard you've i mean not gone but you know you've 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 experienced (laughs) harvard (laughs) you'll you'll probably go again in the future maybe um and uh you've you found um i don't want to phrase it as bad as this but all this ai stuff Mm. and now you still you still go back to mckinsey and and you you do the graduate program um what you know what what was that experience like and um you know now that you've graduated you're out of education what was the transition you know maybe just in the sense of into working life
1: yeah the transition to working life is a, a big one so there's when people say like uni are the best years of your life and i'm not a subscriber to that because why would i like make the best years of my life in the past but <laughs> when they say that I think the reason why is because when you're at university, you really have a freedom of being able to do things when you'd like them to be done, to typically explore the modules that you want to do. And you just kind of have a surrounding bubble of people around you who you can constantly tap into, because uh, especially if you're on a campus uni, it's like they're just always present. And I think that was a big shift into the working world, where it's like you go from seeing your friends every single day to okay, I'll see you in like three months, man. And there's like, there's no no bad feelings about it because you just generally are all working from Monday to Friday. Um, And then also the work that you're doing is like, even if it's enjoyable, there's still elements where there are things that just have to be done. And there's like a continuous kind of, it's like a train. You just have to output, output, output um so that was definitely a big kind of change in terms of the mindset where it's like you're forced to kind of grow up into that into the what is described as a real world but again i don't like the phrase real world because i think that's just a constraint that people like to give but it was definitely for myself in terms of like joining the firm and and mckinsey that was like a crazy experience i think um it was yeah like when i go back to if i would think about the things i was optimizing for uh, especially when I was going into law and banking, I think that's what consulting provided for me in terms of being able to get exposure to the businesses, being able to kind of speak to some of the largest clients, I think from like week two or whenever, you're already speaking to a CEO, presenting the findings of your work and this company will be like worth several billion. And I think to be able to do that was like a phenomenal experience. Um, and then also the people you're with and kind of going through that experience together meant that the intensity was like kind of formed bonds as, as well um and that was kind of what drew me to it and that's something which i realized that i i had um but then actually very similarly to banking and law uh i kind of then got to the stage where i was like oh you know what like okay i've kind of got what i wanted from this but is this what i want in the sense of i optimized for what i was searching for but is what I, am i searching for the right thing mm. and um yeah i kind of realized that you know what at this stage of my life i'm in a position where i'd love to just kind of out and really take my hand towards building things and uh, all of those industries that we just described are more advisory so you're advising the builders. Um but I'd love to kind of take a bit more risk and, and go out and build myself. And that's what led me to joining a, a startup and jumping into that that kind of avenue. Um, but yeah I think if I were to put I can give my own personal recommendation I just advise consulting to most people because I think when you're working on projects and those projects can be for four weeks at a time and then you pivot to the next one and then you'll maybe spend like a month on the next one or two months on the next one and then you kind of keep doing multiple projects it just gives you great insight into a whole new number of areas while still building up a central core thesis in terms of skill set uh, which is like the rapport or like obviously like the base powerpoint excel critical thinking storylining and all of those other things as, as well so um yeah it's i think it's a probably the, the optimal of the banking yeah. law and, and consulting yeah
0: yeah fantastic one of the things um listening to you i just remembered that i wanted to ask you actually from a while ago it's actually completely um, unrelated to kind of a lot of what we've been discussing um, it's just the concept of authenticity and you know it's sort mm. of linked to identity but you know it's it's kind of kind of uh, different as well i mean when you speak you're very authentic with with what you say and you know one of the things i learned at university by speaking to people such as you and other people that i realized i could learn a lot from was of being very authentic um that's honesty but it's also having a lot of self-awareness um and uh you know which kind of gives like force to what you're saying because it's it's your own thoughts you know rather than mm. you know part of that is just maturing and growing up but you know w- what what do you think about about that concept of authenticity of authenticity and sort of finding uh you know don't want to be too uh wishy-washy like finding yourself you
1: know <laughs> yeah definitely i think it's hard to be authentic, I generally think it is, and I think, uh, so I thank you for saying that I am, but i definitely say I've still got tons of progress to, to go, and the reason why is because to be authentic means, as you say, to almost have a understanding of who you are, and therefore being able to stay true to that person, um, and it's hard to do that when you don't necessarily know who you are, you're still discovering that, and with that in mind, it's, it's especially for example, if you enter the, let's take a corporate environment, and There'll be certain things that you probably heard from TV that you need to be or you need to speak like or you need to wear certain clothes or maybe you feel like they have to be expensive clothes because maybe you feel like everyone there's got money or whatever that may be. But to have the confidence to be like, well, I'm here because they've either selected me or I'm just here and I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to bring the elements of myself that I believe are valuable whilst also learning from the culture there and understanding the way they do business or the way they work. I think that's a really hard thing. And perhaps that's maybe one of the biggest things that you can get from, from the corporate environment as, as well, where it's like, actually, it forces you to, I mean, either you'll become someone you're not, or you'll be authentic. And I think it's a real like, pruning experience in, in that sense. Um, but for myself, I just realized that I that I can't really, on a daily basis, be happy without trying to be as much on myself as I can, um, and, yeah, I will, I'm at the stage now where I will just kind of choose choose and pursue that joy quite ruthlessly. And if that works for me over the next period of time, then that's great. And then if perhaps in 10 years time I get there and I'm like, oh, OK, like, I probably should have just like making a little sacrifice in, in the time period, then so be it. But I'm kind of willing to do that to be who I need to be now. Um, and I think that just comes through like real reflection for myself and also Christian. So uh, through prayer as, as well and the combination of all these things then hopefully builds something that you describe as as you and then you can be authentic to that that person mm. um
0: I, you know I, I can't really add anything to that you know i'd like all of that and you know you know congratulate you as well um kind of one of the things you mentioned sort of switching back to, to what we were talking about one of the things you mentioned when you were talking about investment banking was that you had to have a base uh enjoyment of business concepts uh, or or the concepts that you're working with what you know one of the things like um about me that i'm sort of exploring is that you know i've done sort of consulting projects through university and i have some experience you know talking to a lot of recruiters i don't feel like i have that keen of an interest in business a lot of my interest right now as i'm exploring is in government in politics and in international relations now if if I say that oh I'm not interested in business, do you think that's that's not a thing? I just haven't explored you know, enough areas, or would you say um, you know, or, or the opposite that you know it's okay not to have an interest in corporates, but also you know business in that sense, or would that even be a silly thing to say?
1: So I think I think they don't have to be mutually exclusive in the sense of, for example, if you're in a consultancy firm, you could consult governments and therefore it's not really a business concept however maybe the value you'll be bringing will be a slight business lens Um, but I do think if you know that for example you're interested in kind of social policy and the framework of democracy within the UK perhaps then probably being in a bank just won't be where you'll get that if that makes sense Um, (laughs) probably yeah so with that in mind I think obviously I mean in line with what I said like have the conversations explore it but don't trap yourself, perhaps, because a lot of other law students or economic students are going down that similar similar path. Um, and this is kind of to where we started even before we went down the law banking consulting. If I were to give look back and give myself advice again, the advice would be, remember that there's careers outside of those, and perhaps those careers aren't as well advertised, but you can build in line with your interests, and there's always a community of people who, who are willing to do that. Um, for something like kind of uh what we say government perhaps that was a bit easier because you've got like the civil service, they got their internship. Um and then I'm sure like each in with maybe chambers or something to that effect as well could be valuable. Uh, think tanks, um like even like emerging think tanks think there's like in in of like, the like allusions to web 3.0, I'm pretty sure there's some like web 3.0 decentralized think tanks beginning. Um so yeah there's like so much that's that's happening and it's just I'm really encouraged to just read, converse. Uh, something that I think LinkedIn is just such a powerful thing because you can just message anyone. Most people will try to respond, i found. And if they don't, then just keep messaging. Um, and when you message them, just be like, oh, I'd love like 10 minutes of your time uh, to chat about X. Uh, does any time in the next two weeks work? And then they can say yes or no, make it very specific. Uh, and even with the timing, I'd say make that specific as well because then it's just like, okay, this is what you want. And this is, <laughs> this is the time I'm going to allocate to it. And you can use that and uh, literally as like a, a website to just go and find whatever you're interested in as, as well.
0: There's a style to reaching out as well. And it's got a link to authenticity, you know, with reaching out and being honest about what you're looking for and why you're asking, um, mm. you know, compared to just spamming a lot of people and hoping you're not, you're not annoying them. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe, how did I do when I when I reached out to you in, in first year? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it wasn't aware well, it... we're here. Must <laughs> <laughs> <it> have done okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that that's where authenticity comes in as well, um, and you know, you, you mature as well. Um, getting back to um, so you made the switch from from McKinsey to to the start. That's a big decision, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 move. What sort of thought processes did you go through? And you know, I don't know. What should I ask you about that
1: transition? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say definitely, it's not a move for the faint-hearted. I would definitely say, and I wonder if I look back, would I have the confidence to do it again? Probably at this stage, no, <laughs> because uh, because yeah, it's like such a big jump and such a vital pivot that it's just like whoa, like this is disrupting the way I've kind of done life up until this point, and by that I mean the schooling environment teaches you to pursue the validation of others via the metric of grades, and. The grade is like this weird signature that just says you're intelligent you're not like and it's one of the most like if you think about it, quite barbaric in some ways it works for you if you if you get the like your intelligent signature but if not then you don't um and then you go to uni a similar thing and then as you go into certain careers then you get a very similar thing where you're kind of pursuing the like i need that promotion within a year's time and, and etc and i think this was the first step which i taken which was like actually this is a controversial in the sense of you're no longer going to get the necessary like external validation that you're so accustomed to up until this point and from that I actually found freedom but again to like disrupt that paradigm is like genuinely quite disruptive so <laughs> would I have confidence to do it again where well, yeah. and uh, luckily I don't have to make that decision again but one thing I do enjoy since making that decision is like it's truly allowed me to be like whoa like what is it I want to be doing over this period and what is it i'm building towards and to really be in an environment where now it's like so the product we're building is like helping electric vehicle companies uh, kind of streamline their their process and make it more efficient using artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and to be in that position where you're like with the product team iterating getting experience from kind of users and customers and trying to bring that back into the product and generally like seeing it come to fruition is is a is for myself personally it's been quite uh fulfilling so uh um, yeah, it's definitely something I, I'm glad I made the, the pivot, Um, but I would definitely say, again, like I have to caveat everything with make the decision based on you, not based on like what you think others will be thinking of it or what do you think is the decision that's like going to collectively get you the most claps or whatever that may be Um, because it's, yeah, at the end of the day it's your life and you need to kind of optimise for, for yourself and, and your own happiness and longevity.
0: Fantastic. And how long have you been with the startup?
1: Yeah, so it must have been how's it been now like just oh wow so maybe just like just over a month or maybe coming up to the second month so it's very very early stage in in this period hence why i'm i'm refraining from saying like yeah like definitely do it because yeah maybe in in, uh seven months i'll come back on this podcast and say yeah guys stay stay (laughs) in your job
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you're definitely welcome back at at any time but yeah i mean obviously you you have a lot of hopes for it i mean it seems to be going well just it's called and ray right it seems like you've won Mm the us air force contract you know i don't even know what this what this means phase one (laughs) (laughs) but but you know congratulations and you know i wish wish you the best of luck and you know with you and the team you know definitely amazing things must be happening
1: hopefully that's the plan and i think that's the big thing as well in terms of mindset shift where it's like you because i think going into certain things that kind of always been like oh yeah i believe in someone who's a builder i believe i'm someone who can make a difference and disrupt a team in a positive sense And now you kind of almost have this like opportunity and platform to to do it. So if you are someone who can build and you are someone who can like help uh, a team go from A to B, there's no better environment than an early stage startup to do so. But then the reason I kind of caveat that is because that's something that I was personally optimizing for. Uh, whereas perhaps if you're optimizing for different elements at different stages, then that's maybe not the, the the place for yourself. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it and enjoying the kind of challenge that comes and the like constant ups and downs that that come with that as, as well. Yeah, yeah. Getting enough sleep. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, sleep is optional, right? <laughs> that is <okay. laughs> that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a definite No, I'm actually um, probably getting more sleep now. And that I You've spoken
0: quickly. like a true investment banker. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe
1: you should be. <laughs> Indeed, I've been in the wrong profession. <laughs> but um, but no, like yeah, I've, I think that's another thing in terms of like choosing what you're optimizing for. I definitely was in a point in life where I, I was like, okay, the hard, the harder I work, the like more I don't know, is it self worth or self value, and that's that must be it. So therefore, just do the craziest hours you can and output as much as you can. Whereas there is like no honor in working till 3am as i said earlier right so if something can be done in an hour do it in an hour if it can be done in 10 hours do it in 10 hours like allocate the time that is required as opposed to filling up this arbitrary time and and just kind of working until yeah you you sleep and then kind of repeat
0: yeah i i don't have any more questions you know it's been really really insightful to listen to you and and you know have the opportunity to speak with you myself thank you so much for coming on the clueless underground podcast
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, once again, thanks for, for having me as well.